Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley and you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My partner Jim uh, perhaps is off tonight. I was gone for a while and I might have missed uh, the messages. But I'll tell you something, last night I was really enjoying the activity at the uh, Blind Pig. What a show! the addicts put on that was probably one of the top 20 shows i've ever seen there so if you missed it that's your loss but boy the next time they come around don't miss these guys <laughs> they are fun punk was actually revived once again in ann arbor last night down on first street well speaking of punks <laughs> Uh, I, you know, Mitt Romney's had a bad week. I heard late, uh, a late breaking story today that he's going to recraft his campaign message. Obviously some opinion polls are beginning to show him slipping and he seems to commit a gaffe a week. The other thing that's fascinating about the recrafting of this message is that uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the Romney-Ryan campaign decided that they would use this Are You Better Off Than Four Years Ago line that Ronald Reagan once used back in 1980. He used it in the uh, one and only debate that he had with Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter, I think, made a tactical mistake not agreeing to more debates. And that's why we have three, including one on foreign policy. But Mitt Romney's response to the situation in Libya, of course, I think it's been pretty much exposed as uh, reckless, irresponsible, you name it. He doubled down. You know, if you come up with a half-baked uh, comment to a situation that's unfolding abroad, and then you double down, the math is simple. Half-baked response becomes a full-baked response. And it strikes me that Mitt Romney would club a bunny rabbit if he thought it could get him votes. Um, he used to, and I had quite a bit more respect for him even three or four months ago, but I think as this campaign is worn on, he is uh, sort of morphing back into almost John McCain-like uh, territory, uh, who John McCain frequently r reminded me of Yosemite Sam on the campaign trail. And it's interesting to note, uh, I'm just going to comment briefly about this book that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Confidence Men, Wall Street, Washington, and the Education of a President by Ron Suskind, who's best known, I think, for the uh, a couple of exposés of the Bush administration, including the book critical of Dick Cheney called The One Percent. Solution. I think that was the name of that book. But it's interesting to note as the financial crisis unfolded, and uh, we now are experiencing the four-year anniversary of the financial crisis. This Lehman declared bankruptcy uh, on the 15th of September 2008. And this is why I think this Are You Better Off Than Four Years Ago line is quickly going to go out the window because uh, the rest of the campaign, one can't argue that with much plausibility. 
Um, so Romney's had a bad week. Allegedly, he's recrafting his message. But some of the defenders of Romney uh, are even more bizarre. Donald Rumsfeld tweeted support, and I'm reading from a Rumsfeld tweets tweets. <laughs> Actually, he probably twits. <laughs> twits to Mitt. Uh, this is from a Gail Collins uh, column from a couple of days ago. She writes, Rums, uh, Donald Rumsfeld tweeted support. Party chairman uh, Rents uh, Priebus chimed in. Obama sympathizes with attackers in Egypt. Sad and pathetic. Senator John Kyle, who I might add is retiring, of Arizona... And get this one. He decides he's going to use a rape analogy. <laughs> no, the Republicans have had uh, lots of luck with that. Uh, fortunately, he's retiring. But uh, he, of course, said uh, that the embassy uh, comment, apparently referring to Obama or, or the uh, Obama administration, is like the judge telling the woman that got raped, you asked for it because of the way you dressed. That's the same thing. Okay. Not quite sure where he's going with that one, because the chronology, of course, on this embassy situation is now pretty well established. And Romney issued this statement, as I recall, at, you know, b before all the facts were in, period. And uh, I don't think it got him anywhere. So, of course, he's recrafting his message. No, actually, I think he took a lot of hits for that in the media. Uh, lots of folks were saying that it... Uh you know, reflected uh, poor judgment. Uh, certainly, I think poor judgment uh, fell Romney's way when he was actually uh, soliciting funds while on his jaunt overseas, uh, fundraising in England and Israel, I thought was bizarre and maybe a first. I don't know if there's ever been official presidential fundraising uh, by a presumptive nominee at that point. Um but uh, it just looks like bad judgment to say what he did about yeah, the embassy attack. Exactly. And it's ironic because on the very day that the, uh, the, the story was pretty much extensively reported in the newspaper, it's fascinating to note that the British government was issuing an apology for a uh, disaster that happened 23 years ago uh, in uh, Liverpool when 96 uh, soccer fans were crushed in a stadium event in which uh, the Prime Minister of Great Britain, David Cameron, formally apologized uh, on Wednesday, uh, the 12th of, uh, of uh, September, saying that their, quote, appalling deaths were compounded by an attempt by the police, investigators, and the news media to depict to the victims as hooligans and blame them for the disaster goes into the details of the story written by John Burns, uh, who used to be the Middle East correspondent for the New York Times, but now he's based in London, that this report was an 18-month inquiry by a panel headed by Anglican Bishop of Liverpool, the Reverend James Jones. Not to be confused with Terry Jones, who's back in the news. Or the Reverend Jim Jones from Guyana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Terry Jones will give him a brain damage award because, of course, he's linked to this uh, offensive uh, video. He's involved with this. This is the 
moron that attempted to burn a Koran uh, on the 10th anniversary. Right, the evil Terry Jones, not the famous fa- uh, Welshman from Monty Python, who, of course, is the bishop. Now, get a load of, the, of, of how these facts you know, are being investigated 23 years after the fact. Uh, this, this happens all too often, I'm afraid, in our uh, body politic globally. Uh, it examined 450,000 official documents, and the report contained grim revelations among them that many of the victims who were declared dead at the site of the disaster barely an hour after the game was halted because of the chaos might have survived if they had received prompt medical attention. The report said autopsy findings showed there were 41 victims who did not have traumatic asphyxia that caused most of the deaths, uh, according to uh, Dr. Bill uh, Kirkup, a physician on the panel and that they might have survived if they had been taken swiftly to the hospital. Needless to say, the media fanned the flames about this hooliganism, as they note, um, using uh, official, uh, their official version was based on uh, early stereotyping crafted by the police. And needless to say, the leader of the media charge against the so-called hooligans was Rupert Murdoch. And yeah. his newspapers. Of course, now we know all the revelations of uh, the uh, hand-in-glove approach that Fox News had with the police, with the shaping and crafting and secret recording of all sorts of uh, interesting facts and artificialities. Uh, so, no surprise there. Uh, but this uh, this video, of course, speaks for itself in its inarticulacy. And uh, the fact that uh, so much uh, chaos is, is stemmed from it is is unfortunate. Uh, and there's frequently chaos connected to um, protests in the Muslim world to these kinds of things. Remember the Danish cartoon? Right. Uh, there was a French uh, newspaper that got into similar trouble. And certainly the American military has had a number of incidents that have offended uh, Muslims around the globe. Uh, including urinating on corpses and uh, uh, desecrating Korans. Right. So this is, you know, this is this this is not a new response, and it's certainly not uh, the Obama administration's fault uh, that Mitt Romney seemed to suggest. No, and it's it's actually even more complicated than that because there's plenty of folks in Egypt who would like more freedom of the press, who sure. would like to have more access to the internet and so forth, who. Uh, either can dismiss such you know baseless attacks on a religion uh, or just turn the channel, of course, is the famous uh, alternate response. Uh, even top religious authorities in Saudi Arabia are saying that this film will not harm Mohammed, uh, but that, quote, uh, I'm quoting here from the Grand Mufti, uh, Sheikh Abed Al-Ziz of uh, Saudi Arabia, so you know he's a Wahhabist, which is pretty uh, right-wing. He says, quote, Muslims should not be dragged by wrath and anger to shift from legitimate to forbidden actions. By this, they will unknowingly fulfill some aims of the film, which, of course, is exactly why this film is produced and disseminated and distributed. The kind of people who believe those sorts of uh, hateful things are already fooled into believing falsehoods. 
and most normal people don't pay any attention to this sort of thing. Yeah, and there should be an investigation into the into the making of this film. Uh, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but this has got the makings of an intelligence operation written all over it, particularly when you uh, continue to uh, observe the BB Boo Boo Netanyahu man uh, urging uh, a war with Iran, and that, quote, as he put it, quite inarticulately, I might add, it's not based on the presidential election. It's based on Iran's nuclear timetable, whatever that means. Well, he's already uh, sort of uh, overtly acknowledged his preference for a Romney administration. So it's no secret that Likud is, is pulling for the Republicans. Yeah. And of course, other reasons that Romney would be uh, recrafting his message. It's interesting that this past week, the Census Bureau reported on Wednesday that the number of people without health uh, coverage fell to 48.6 million in 2011, or 15.7% of the population compared to 2010. Health, health experts attributed the big chunk of the drop to a provision in the health care reform law that allows children to remain on their parents' policies until age 26. Some 3 million young adults took advantage of that provision. The Bureau also reported that the percentage of people covered by private emphasize private insurance, stayed flat at 63.9%, the first time in a decade that it has not fallen. Government takeover of health care? Hmm. Why are 63% of the people covered by private health insurance, if that's the case? Well, the fact-free uh, allegations of the Ryan Romney... Uh, and I like to say Ryan Romney all the time now, because I don't know who's leading whom. Well, and where's Ryan Bean? He's been... Uh, Fundraising with Adelson. Right, and uh, sort of uh, absenting himself from uh, front pages and sound bites because he's really been off the radar. Um, it's as though he's on a hideaway. And, of course, another interesting development over the weekend, Gallup uh, issued a poll showing that Romney trails Obama among registered voters by eight points and likely voters by three points. Very interesting stuff uh, from the recent New York Times poll showing the unease with which uh, many voters in some of the key swing states are very uncomfortable with the voucher program involving Medicare. And I continue to believe that it's unfortunate that we're overly focused on Medicare because, as I explained last week, the apocalyptic views of the Republican Party's opinions about its solvency are false. Uh, Medicaid is a different story. Um, and there probably do need to be uh, some investigations uh, into uh, and some serious reforms considered for Medicaid. Um, so... I don't know how many more bunny rabbits uh, Mitt Romney can find over the next couple of weeks to bash over the head to make it look like he's tough, because that seems to be his new approach. And uh, it will be interesting to see how the message is modified. But as I uh, sort of started the show out, I don't think this Are You Better Off Than Four Years Ago is going to work because of the anniversary regarding the financial crisis. Speaking of which, some interesting uh, statistics from a recent uh, survey here in the Michigan area, uh, Detroit Free Press. Of course, Michigan's not going to be a swing state, but these numbers are pretty 
telling for the sort of industrial heartland or the former industrial heartland. And uh, according to uh, a surveyed 600 likely November voters, admittedly a fairly small pool, the numbers are interesting nonetheless, uh, amongst those saying that they are likely to vote for Obama, 76% say they are voting actively for Obama, 21% say they're voting against Romney. Now, those are for people who know already that they're going to support Obama. People voting for Romney, uh, the numbers are significantly different. Those who are voting explicitly straight up for Romney because they like him, 54%, as opposed to 43% who are voting for Romney as a vote against Obama. When you compare these numbers, I think, to the uh, question that they asked about the economy, it's uh, revealing in another way. The question is uh, framed, uh, who do you think is more responsible for the current condition of the national economy, uh, President Obama and his economic policies or President George W. Bush and his economic policies? 47% of those surveyed uh, attribute the poor state of the economy to Bush. Exactly. Which is accurate and uh, reflective of a uh, reality-based awareness. Uh, 34% of the 600 uh, polled said that uh, Obama was to blame. Now, it's very clear that this 34% are the people who are the 54% who are voting straight up for Romney. And the last telling statistic here is the first question about why are you voting straight up for Obama or Romney is uh, your options are, uh, I'm voting for this candidate because of what he has done or says he will do to stimulate the economy and create jobs. Those voting for Obama, 29% of them said that was the reason they were voting for Obama. And then the numbers uh, for the other questions are 20%, 14%, 11%, etc. The same question, what has he done or says he will do to stimulate the economy and create jobs? Those voting straight up for Romney, 51% of them say that that's why they're voting for Romney. This is the fantasy vote. Yeah. This is the beyond speculation. This is the, if I close my eyes and rub them really hard, I can see colors vote. Well, besides being very vague about what he would do for the economy, the most of his uh, tonics have have failed in the past. The recent past. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, just this past weekend, uh, David Leonard has a, a very interesting graph uh, do tax cuts lead to economic growth? Well, the uh, data is quite clear that they do not. Uh, this is information that goes back to the late 80s uh, with Ronald Reagan. And it demonstrates that growth actually began to increase following the Bush, George H.W. Bush tax increase as well mm-hmm. as the Clinton tax increase in 1993. And these uh, deficits that the Republican Party complain about are uh, completely caused by the imbalance uh, of the Bush tax cuts that we're still operating under. So I don't understand how Romney explains that away, nor do I understand how he explains away his Bermuda Triangle problem, the Cayman (laughs) Islands, the Swiss bank accounts. Those are certainly going to be issues that the chattering class in, in Washington has sort of dropped for the time being, but I suspect they're going to be front and center in the debates. Yeah, as long as he uh, fails to uh, come forward with the documents that uh, have been so politely requested, uh, it will continue to be an issue, and it's not going to just go away. And, of course, the um, interesting facts regarding the financial crisis, uh, are you better off than you were four years ago? Uh, I don't think we're going to be hearing that line much for the next couple of weeks. 
fascinating to note, by the way, in this uh, book by Ron Susskind, The Confidence Men, uh, which talks about the sort of a combination of, of the Wall Street catastrophe caused by the big banks and uh, as well as Obama's uh, sort of uh, schooling that he that he uh, underwent uh, from 2007 onward regarding the financial crisis it's fascinating that in um, at a Jackson Hole uh, which is a Dick Cheney sort of uh, secret retreat area where the elite meet uh, in the in the summer uh, almost every year you know the uh, the the bigwigs, the bankers and whatnot. There was a paper delivered by uh, Professor Groton. Um, let's see if I can find his first name at the Jackson Hole Conference. He's a Wharton economic uh, professor, and the paper was entitled "The Panic of 2007." And he goes into the the various problems with the what was going on on Wall Street because on the fifteenth. Of September 2008, Lehman uh, had to declare bankruptcy with a declaration of $639 billion at stake. This was the next largest bankruptcy, by the way, was WorldCom that came in at $104 billion. And the big problem was the so-called repo market, this overnight financing scheme that had been developed by Wall Street throughout the 1980s, among other schemes. Mm. In other words, the financial catastrophe has lots of minor causes and causations. Uh, certainly the overbuilding in the real estate um, realm of our economy was at, at fault. Too many people bought houses that they couldn't afford. And certainly this creative so-called adjusted arm financing, adjusted rate mortgage mm -hmm. financing, in which your mortgage payments went up in a couple of years based on what you were paying at, for the first couple of years of your mortgage. Those were certainly at the, at the height of the problem. And, of course, Tim Geithner at the time was the... Um, uh, chairman of the New York Federal Reserve. So he was in on the meetings that went on four years ago in which Bernanke, Hank Paulson, and the top nine banks decided if they could somehow save Lehman. And once the Barclays Bank of England, which of course has been in the news this past summer because of the LIBOR scandal, reneged on buying they apparently never made a commitment to buying but the essential problem with uh, Lehman and its bankruptcy was that it had 40 billion in commercial real estate debt 100 billion dollars tied up in uh, CDOs and CDs and other exotic assets as uh, um, Suskind puts it and $300 billion in repos, which was relatively 50% of their uh, earnings or their assets. In this paper that uh, Professor Groton wrote, he talked about the problem of repos. He says, repos made possible the vast world of shadow banking, a realm of operations and transactions hidden from the public and from shareholders. 
In shadow banking, firms had found a way to shift risky activities and liabilities off their books. With the steady spigot of repo money, they could tailor their cash flows and balance sheets to create the illusion of health and stability. And as liabilities disappeared from the books, the amount of leverage the firms could operate increased. So we had a lot of fraudulent accounting going on. We had a lot of cooking the books going on with these banks. And it was the government that had to bail out this uh, catastrophe because greed was at the heart of the whole problem. This repo market, according to Professor Groton, had exploded. It had become a $12 trillion situation, slightly more than all of the bank lending in the United States. But repos were not in the province of just banks or mostly banks. Anyone with cash could do it. The largest repo vendors were the huge hedge, the, the huge fund companies such as Blackstone, Fidelity, and PIMCO. Industrial companies did it, even if they didn't have large financial subsidiaries such as General Electric or General Motors as did manufacturers with significant cash flow. Everyone had become a bank. And what's even more disturbing and downright nauseating even is that the same sort of minds responsible for this loose and free, easy playing with the rules and the laws, rigging the system so that the outcomes are known and profitable from, these are the same people who get to uh, contribute unlimited amounts of money secretly yeah. to political campaigns, to rig to rig the laws to themselves, rig the laws themselves that will guide their industry's uh, approaches towards. For, you want to talk about a rape analogy? Yeah. Okay, maybe this is an appropriate time. Well, and and of course the other thing that's that's uh, sad about it is it's the. It's the budget uh, response as well to the to the regulators. They're cutting back on mm -hmm. uh, people that are investigating these financial shenanigans that were that were going on back in the uh, late '90s and early most of the decade of the 2000s. And as I have always speculated, I, I you know it's interesting over this past weekend. Uh, the iPhone was was the new a, iPhone, a new iPhone, yeah, um, was announced. And I've always believed that the in 2007 that the original iPhone announcement actually disguised the problems in the American economy because hmm. there was a, a boom in initial well, people sales. People line up for those, yeah, and they'll line up here yeah. uh, for these. And it's interesting. One economist over the weekend actually suggested that the iPhone five or whatever it's called. Um, is is going to contribute to a quote robust fourth quarter. We'll see. Um, but uh, I, yeah, the, the, this financial uh, program that Brian and uh, Romney are running on is is very vague. They don't give you too many details about the. They call it. They talk about tax reform, and I certainly want to talk more about taxes in the upcoming weeks because I think this will be part of. Romney's message, his new message, apparently. I can't wait for his new message. He's apparently reworking his stump speech. Late breaking news. It's very exciting. Stump. He's stumped, I think. He is stumped. Um, and I, I think that 
his blunders into the realm of foreign policy the past, you know, two months have just been astonishing. Um, it's almost as if, you know, he's spent his whole life trying to campaign. Oh, problems with the headphones? Well, um, it's, it's, it's like he's spent his whole life trying to get to this job, but it, I, I don't think he has a grasp of what's going on in the world, really. It's sort of, you know, even his response that we need to be strong, we can't, you know, the statement that he issued about American values, I'm, I'm thinking, well, these problems in the, in, the, in the Muslim world, in the Middle East, I mean, they've been going on for decades, dude. Yeah, this is nothing new. And this isn't just, you know, how did Ronald Reagan uh, show strength when, when he took over uh, Israel's invasion of Lebanon back in 1982? There was a truck bombing, uh, and we withdrew, and Reagan invaded Grenada. Right. Um, what, what, who, who's Romney planning on invading to distract the American public from these foreign policy debacles? He keeps talking... And there's all this nostalgia for Reagan and his foreign policy. His foreign policy was a disaster in all sorts of areas. He supported death squads in, in Central America. He traded arms for hostages and then never got hostages. Yeah. As we always pointed out there, of course he knew about the diversion. There weren't any hostages being released, yet the arms programs with Iran uh, kept continuing. He intervened in the... Um, Iran-Iraq war in the late 80s on the side of Saddam Hussein. He bombed Libya. Then they were apparently responsible for the downing of Pan Am 103. I mean, there's a kind of a, 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 a lack of looking at the whole math equation uh, involved with the nostalgia for Ronald Reagan and foreign policy. Also recall, just as another palpable example of how incompetent Reagan was at foreign policy, he sided with the apartheid government in South Africa. Indeed. He had a policy called constructive engagement. He called Nelson Mandela a communist. Yeah. Well, you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. Um, we think. I've got all kinds of problems with my watch as I was joking about that attic show last night. I'm a little uh, worse for wear today. <laughs> what a what a show! And I'm, I, my watch is even operating slowly as well as my brain. 